Hello there, you stereotypical runts of society. This is episode 19 of Whippets and Flat Caps. I am the one and only Will Perry, joined by two guys who people need subtitles to understand once you get further south than Stoke-on-Trent. Former St. Helens captain, the rectum of Hull, John Wilkin, and soon-to-be Championship Rugby League player, Mark Flanagan. Download, subscribe. Uh, we're not going to beg you. If you don't, we'll just come around and kneecap you. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Whippets RL. I feel like Will gets an unfair advantage on us here because he, he preps these sort of convoluted introductions to us. We have very little chance to come back. Come back. What I'd like to suggest. You've got an hour. In episode 20, mm-hmm. myself and Mark shall introduce the show. Correct. Our own witty, maybe two or three sentences on you. Do you know what? I was watching the film Step Brothers. We could do it like that, you know, boats and hoes. Yeah. I'll say a line, you say a line, yeah, I'll say a line, you say a line. We'll wear tuxes. Drive do you know what? That, that actually sounds great because I'm not here next week, so you can do that. But your commitment to this, uh, and let's be honest, we're all volunteers here. Yeah. But your commitment to this voluntary uh, enterprise is questionable. Yeah. Piss poor, I think. Piss, piss poor. Yeah. Yes. But fill your boots next week because I'll be on a boat in Mallorca. Oh, uh, sorry about that. Wow. This week we're in. Uh, we're not just in PKB, Pot Kettle Black. We're in the boardroom of PKB. We're sat. Let's describe it. It's kind of uh, looks like a boardroom actually, doesn't it? It's, it's big, a big table. Fourteen-person boardroom table. Yeah. Screen on the wall. There's a big uh, whiteboard. Whiteboard. It's, it's available for private hire, catered meetings, events. Yeah. Uh, what's this? There's a room over here. Next, some sort of kitchen. Is, is the bakehouse where we're going to be baking lovely right. bread and Great. artisan brownies and pastries and. Okay. Yeah, Sounds a bit salesy, that, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Well, in case anybody likes to book the yeah. boardroom, it sounds it sounds like the opposite of an artisan coffee shop. Why? That's the, it's, it's juxtaposition. Well, yeah. for a man like you, I'd expect you to understand. Juxtaposed. Well, we juxtaposed are juxtaposed with me. Super grass. Super furry animal. It's a corporate setting, but within a craft artisan adventure. Oh, the irony. So. Yeah, we're the best. So people just pay a lot of money. Big dogs come in here. Not do they? even a lot of money. It's very reasonable. Okay. In touch. Mm, you might hear the, the clattering, the smattering of uh, coffee cups in the background. That's that's where we are. We thought yeah, we'd make that clear. John's got a coffee in his hand. Uh, I've got a, I've got a coconut flat white. Have, surprisingly, have customers. Mm. I think the weirdest part of having a business is having to deal with people, isn't it? The mm. customers. You have some very very unusual and people. staff as well you can't speak to staff the way you can speak to your teammates on a weekend or bar staff mm. you can, definitely can't speak to them oh you can Mark because your wife works here so yeah she gets she gets a hammering but the others have got to she be gets, nice. your wife gets a hammering yeah if she's misbehaving Mark's got actually got a code for his wife when she's working it's not it's not code just for my wife in the bar industry and in restaurants uh, instead of saying um, but you know the, you, a table needs wiping or stop talking to the customers or you know anything like that they have numbers so that the customers don't understand mm. and the number for stop talking to customers <coughs> is 450 so whenever my missus is working she comes for a chat i just shout 450 right. and then she just 450 sc- scurries away but these these numbers that people use as codes i i think don't work right because i've seen this in action the bar in manchester you stood there an absolute glamour walks in walks to the bar and then a man behind the bar shouts uh, 84, and then they go 84, 84, then everybody comes out the back and are like looking at the woman at the bar like she's not stupid. Mm. She knows 84 means there's an absolute <laughs> banger coming. There is an absolute banger in here right now, actually, isn't there? Orange top, top left corner, if you're listening. You That's know. Gonzalo, our Portuguese barista. He's 42 years old. That's, that's your bag, no, isn't it? No, 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 no. Middle-aged no, European no, no, man. No, yeah, we hired... Made great coffee. We hired a guy. Our first ever appointment, I think, was a Portuguese guy called Gonzalo and sort of appeared from nowhere 
and we were looking for somebody who knew and loved coffee and this guy appeared, 42, very little background about where he'd been, his, his life. We, we keep expecting to find him on Interpol's like 10 yeah. Most Wanted. Mm. Have you seen he this could, man? He could be wanted somewhere around the world. He's definitely got illicit behaviour in his past without doubt. You, you know, the, the other week Mike was saying that he likes to Google himself. I thought we'd look into this a little bit further. I mean, no, you know, not every day. Like well, I not every day. I didn't, you know, I didn't sort of specify how many times no, you do it. You, just, just defending myself. Yeah, that's yeah. not narcissistic. So, not so I Googled day. you earlier today, and the first thing that came up was um, the Irish lock who plays for Saracens, 28-year-old. Is there a Mark Flanagan who plays for yeah. Saracens? Yeah. 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 Uh, the, Mark Flanagan. Obviously, uh, Mark Flanagan, please stand. There was a Northern Irish film director popped up as well. And, oh, yeah, um, I, you're, the, you're the American football player. The fridge. The fridge. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I'm, when I was doctoring a picture of you, I downloaded it. A Google image searched you. And it was the, the fridge, William Berry. Or the Secretary of Defense for the United States oh, under, Bill, under Bill Clinton. Also, it came up from Mark, a senior partner for content and digital strategy at Portland Communication. Still, we hadn't got to yet. But head, head, head chef at the, do, um, the, the, at the Palace. The Queen's head chef, yep. yeah. But, one, but on this subject, um, the reason I'm talking about it is because a listener... Um, slash super fan of Whippers and Flat Caps tweeted in um, to say, you know, there was a lot of chat of, of Mark's failed modelling career on the show, and so they, they Googled you and actually found you to be extremely handsome. So they, they delved a little bit further and, and, and they, they sort of kept going, why are you smiling, Mark? Do you know where this is going? No. And they, and they, and they, <laughs> they kept they kept looking for articles. I'm interested to where this is going. I don't know where this well, is going. Well, it involves you actually as well, John. So, um, you know, they kept going through some articles. And I, I'm going to just click on one here on this great Wi-Fi and PKB. It's going to load up. And it's from the mirror. Um, I'll just get a blue bar where we load up there. Yeah, here we go. Uh, so the date on this story is uh, the 4th of September, 2012. Um, Mark's making some faces like, don't tell the story. But we're going we're gonna to carry on. Um, sparks flying as Michelle Keegan flirts with hunky rugby league player. Hunky, would you say that? Well, oh, well. they always say that the papers and magazines, don't they? Hunk, the hu uh, bow, rugby league bow, rugby league, rugby hunk. The O oh, like ball selector. <laughs> John, show me a picture of the fridge. Will the Perry. <laughs> Just Google image search Will Perry and I think you'll... I mean, it's great that you're trying to put me off the story, John, but we'll, ca we'll carry on because uh, I'll read you this article from The Mirror, 2012. The two have apparently been sharing flirty texts and were last seen chatting at a mutual pal's birthday party in Oldham. Who whose birthday party was that, Mark? Uh, Kelvin Fletcher. Kelvin Fletcher. Liz, who's a good friend. Liz, correct. Um, so I'll just give you a little, little glimpse of the article. Coronation Street beauty Michelle Keegan has made a secret pass at rugby league hunk Mark Flanagan. We'll just go through this individually. So what, made a what, secret pass. what was the secret pass? What do you mean it was secret pass? It was like a little inside ball. She looked right yeah. and then played left. Little dummy. Went straight through to Mark Wright. Great little. <laughs> it was a tunnel ball. Shoots uh, well. <laughs> but, but I'll carry on. Michelle, known to millions as the barmaid Tina McIntyre in Coronation Street, has sparked up a romance with the St. Helens forward, former St. Helens forward, who's... Uh, very, very attractive lady, isn't she? Whose team is nicknamed The Saints. All factually correct so far. And this comes just two months after the 25-year-old actress split with the wanted's Max George. So she was vulnerable, she was feeling lonely... Mark came in, we get the picture. You um, look a bit like that guy. I remember. From him. The Wanted? Yeah. I think. I can't yeah. remember him. Oh, no. Yeah. You have a bit of a goatee. 
Anyway, uh, Michelle has since been snapped with her former boyfriend, Brad Howard, but a friend has said uh, that she is, in fact, very keen on Mark, who's emerged as a rising star of the Super League. Um, it's very funny, this, isn't it? The, the two have apparently been sharing flirty texts and were seen chatting at this birthday party, which we mentioned. The, the friend added, do we know who this friend is, the source? Because they've obviously made some money off you here as well, which is, yeah, you know, I don't know. we don't know we'd like to find out, though, wouldn't we? Uh, Michelle and Mark have really hit it off. They've been texting quite a bit, teasing each other, flirting with each other, and they've been planning to get what? together very soon. Michelle is a, a fan of rugby league and he's definitely her type. It's early days but watch this space. The friend added that the pair were slightly aware this is where you come into the article John of in brackets inverted commas awkwardness that the news may cause because Mark's teammate John Wilkin previously linked to Michelle. Fake John, news is all I'm going to say. You've gone very quiet. Um, at the time I was uh, an ambassador for the co-op Right. right, so Rugby League had a sponsorship from the co-op and I was photographed on the red carpet with Paul Sculthorpe and Michelle Keegan mm -hmm. and I think what's happened here is... Who would you rather have sex with? Paul Sculthorpe, yeah. big, big hands. <laughs> He'd just dominate me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm up for that. That's what Carol, Carol likes Scully. Everyone she? likes Scully. Scully's got a big Adam's apple, massive hands, and you do the math. Um, but yeah, so this, when you read that, like yeah. that is 100% someone's agent planting a story, isn't it? Yeah. It's hilarious. So, you, so John Wilkin, you never went out with Michelle Keegan? No. Never, went, never dated her? No, I went to an event and I was pitched on the yeah. red carpet with her. You never but been in a formal, it was in a formal capacity that well. It yeah. wasn't. And you never dated it? No. No. Um, so, Mark, how, sorry, how did it go tits up with Michelle? I've still seen her. Just, <laughs> yeah, just keep that quiet. Don't tell Mark, right. Um, nice girl. But uh, did she pie you? Um, yeah, she pie me, yeah. How did it end? It just, was just no flirty text, there was nothing, no. It just, so, so, were there originally flirty texts? No, nothing. And it just kind of fizzled there's out. No, there's nothing, I don't know. What you, there's nothing. It's similar to the, you know, the poem that you, you spoke about last week yeah. at half time in the, in the Warrington game. Which, which turned out not there's, to be true. Which turned out not was to be not, true. Was yeah. it not true? There's no. nothing in it. Well, I did what a, do you mean? Well, I did a show with uh, on the yeah. BBC with Woodsy and with Justin, your and coach, Steve and Price. with Steve Price. Yeah. And the first thing I put to Steve was, you know, surely this can't be true. Surely. Was it this poem? Was it The Soldier? I gave him a, you know, he told, a choice. He recited the full shit poem last week. Well, it was wasted, weird. Wasted was five weird. minutes. And I said, I'm not having that. And then he said, no, no, deadly true, deadly well, serious. This definitely forgot. I've forgotten the player's name who plays... Uh, Tom Lionel. Tom, that's him. And uh, so Woodsy was interviewing Tom Lionel after the game. And uh, Tom, uh, Randall, apparently is a bit of a bit of a joker, a bit of a jester. Randall came out with this story that he he'd told this, you know, read this poem in the dressing room. So Steve just decided to go along with it and came up with Ebenezer Elliot because he's googled a random poet who happened to be the Corn Laws poet from the 1800s, who no one's heard of. Yeah. Well, I believed it because he said it because he said it, you know. But um, but then he just went, so I just went along with it, but it wasn't true. I said, well, what did he say? He went about eight words. So, you know, those eight words work because they still won the game. little Warrington. Isn't it? Aren't they? Little scamps, them Warrington lads. Yeah. Aren't they? Funny, funny, funny stuff from the Warrington Very camp. funny. Um, so, Mark, on the subject of the modelling career, it, it's not over. I know you, you, know, you get quite touchy don't, about this. Don't dream it's over in the words of Crowded which, House. Which was just playing in here a minute yes. ago, isn't it? My, mine and John's favourite song. What's, what's your biggest modelling gig to date? Well, there, there is one... OK, okay well, let's do that, because there is some news, isn't there, with the modelling career? News. Oh, yeah. there's just been a few inquiries. Yeah, we'll, we'll get... Well, let's, let's get to that now. Uh, who's, who's been inquiring? Giacomo been back on Giacomo. the phone. Yeah, I did yeah. a few What are they, the oversized Oversized, but they also accommodate um, smaller men and normal-sized men. But I thought they... Did, did, am I not wrong... Am I wrong here in suggesting that they dropped you because you were too slight? Yeah, I did a shoot, and I was... I had a quite fitted athletic T-shirt on, and... My bulging abs um, were just... 
showing through the the t-shirt and they said oh, oh. Did so, you, so it's for fat and tall people yeah but they, they accommodate the the lesser man like yourself as well yeah what do they just do punks. okay so because obviously this is how freddie flintoff essentially sort of resurrected his career wasn't it after sport so is that kind of route you're trying do you to need resurrecting after well, he was, sport? Yeah, I think no, so, I don't think yeah. no, no. he was the face of jacobo for a while wasn't he yeah mm, that's purely money though isn't it yeah, yeah. Like, mark's doing it for money you're not doing it for the love of modeling are you my so how much will jacobo pay you for, for an advert I don't want to disclose that. Yeah, it was, it was okay. decent money. And, and you're going to do my, it? My favourite, um, the best one I ever got was um, I did an advert for Aldi Workwear and I got sent to this location. I was injured at the time, so it was, it was a few hundred quid. Aldi Workwear? Yeah, a few hundred quid, so I didn't really ask what it was. I turned up at the shoot and they had some like white overalls, a ladder and a paintbrush and I had to pose like I was painting a wall in these overalls made by Aldi. Goodness gracious! So it was, the glamour, yeah, the quite demoralising. That it wasn't and the, the sexy cat show, the catwalks that you, you think. The of. irony mm. of, of you exactly like DIY tools. I've worked tools. four days on a building site my whole life. Mick Swift, building contractor, had me for four days. If you, if you must have some pictures that, I mean, there is one that springs to mind that, you know, you were really proud of. If we were to Google, you know, your hair looks great. Um, you know, your body's sort of been airbrushed. It looks great. Mark, on his modelling pictures, for anybody, I, I would encourage you to Google image search, Mark. In fact, and hire me if, if you, you put you're boss model management mm -hmm. and then or boss model agency, Mark Flanagan. Because that's been on your, on your then, sort of profile for a while, but, but you haven't then, done much work for them. So are you allowed to just keep that there? What, what I will say is look it up. And on it, Mark Enjoy it. looks like he's really struggling with his vision, but he's angry about something on the dis Quite in the distance. Quite squinty. Yeah. In, the di yeah. in the distance. He's trying there's, to refocus. There's a, there's, there's, a, there's a bit of a, there's a contortion to it as well. There the is, one yeah. shoulder's up high. Yeah, he's trying to get the obliques working. And also, you're you're, always working, you, mate. you seem to be wearing a lot of briefs, like high pants, like high waisted. Do, do people still Very wear those? High, Lance Ho high pants. <laughs> yeah. Do people still wear those? They do indeed, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, another week goes by. St Helens won again as the Macron and Wembley looms. But a week to didn't win. A week to celebrate for Mark Flanagan and the Salford fans. We because, didn't because lose. You, you didn't, didn't lose. So let's oh, let's celebrate. You didn't know that. that's what we're going to celebrate. You didn't lose because you let's didn't get the play. In. Yeah. Let's get, well, John's got them in. Undefeated weekend. Get them in. Yeah. Should have pressed the bell. Um, what have you been up to, Mark? Anything um, interesting? On Friday, we, we trained and then uh, had a bit of a team-building session. Went for a burger in Manchester and then did a, a spot of bowling and all the lads got together. Um, John's, just, we, sorry, we John's, had, I just you, John's just got up and walked away, but he's just pressed a bell. What happens? You, just, you, you do interrupt me quite a bit. No, but that was yeah, weird. Well, it does, the listeners don't need to hear what's going well, I'd like on. To I like to tell the listeners exactly what's happening. the bell. So what happened, you press that bell what, to, or get some drinks. It gets uh, everyone in the other side of the business very angry. Right. It's like a service bell. And they'll come and serve us in here? Uh, yeah, I'm hoping so. That's Fantastic. Sorry, Mark. Continue. And then we yeah, went for a few beers, yeah. What did you do at weekend? <laughs> well, I was, I was with you, wasn't I? We went to the cricket. Oh, yeah. That was good. Well, oh, sorry, just, just to interrupt, John's just lean, leaning over <laughs> and he's put his arms on a, another chair and he's looking <laughs> off into the distance. Matt, that's assault from Matt. It's assault, isn't it? Come on, let's interrupt each so, other for so, an hour. That'll be good. Well, we've done it for 20 weeks. Yeah, go on then. So. Let's see what you've got. How was, say. lads, lads, how was the cricket? The cricket was great. The cricket was good. Who, who invited you? Uh, Friend of the show, Johnny Bairstow. Great lad. Great lad. Great lad. Oh, great great lad. lad for a ginger. Honestly, great lad. Gin being ginger is quite difficult. I think they have it? to work at the personality more because they <laughs> are ginger, so they're usually better blokes. But you either go one way or the other, super confident, very good, or they go, yeah. they go to no, the lower end. No, he, he's a great lad. Oh, he's or you're evil like Chucky from the film. We, Chucky. We, we, we Doll, Chucky Doll. 
What no. film's that? It, isn't it? No. no. The, anyway, I know what you mean. Bad. Yeah. Um, Child's Play. Child's Play. Oh, really weird film. Yeah. Loved it. Mm. Creepy. Yeah, so the cricket, you know, you're not a cricket fan, Will. Here we are. Yeah, of course I am. No, you are. You love are cricket. I love the cricket. Yeah, love yeah, the cricket. No, more, more test cricket. More of a more, more, more test cricket. No, no, no. We, we got, well, I, I jumped on the invite that As Mark had. Yeah. yeah. Mark hates it when I make friends with his friend, so I have to sort of state no, that. No, I just think you should be grateful. Grateful. Really giving him a I'm, great, social, I'm really grateful for having life. Mark's friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's serious, though. He's, he's dead genuinely mad. No, no, he's dead serious. Why are you mad? I'm not mad about it. He hates me taking. becoming friends with his friends. Well, because you did go to LA with Kelvin Fletcher. Yeah. from Brookside yeah, but I'm not uh, I have to get his blessing to be friends with his friends what I don't like is I introduce him to my friends and then he tries putting me on show in front of my friends <laughs> and you like, see well that's but you understand that that's Will yeah. so that's what Will but does I, but what I might do so. is I might just remove him from the circle because I can do that no, no just we're too tight with Will now. I him, so have the stop power. talking to Will we're too tight now anyway Besto invited us along we sat with his sister and his mum who works for the club lovely Redheads. lovely they, yeah they were best Lovely, lovely ladies, and um, and JB hooked us up, didn't he? We, we I made a few announcements, which Mark got slightly embarrassed about. <laughs> yes, he did. He did. Oh no! no. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no. Well, we had a full sort of room above the not the pavilion, but you know the, the main sort of hospitality corporate area where all the players' wives and mums and you know Joe Root, captain's mum and family and wife and fiancés and so on, were all sort of scattered amongst the room, talking amongst themselves, and just out of the blue, um, you know, pulled out the party trick, sort of got a spoon, tapped it on a wine glass, absolute silence in the room. We weren't even drunk, well, we'd only had a couple of drinks, a couple of Guinnesses, and um, stood just, up. just stood up and just said, uh, afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just like to wish you all a very, very uh, good afternoon here from table 11, just to make ourselves uh, welcome into the room. Uh, Can I just give you an update, listeners? John Wilkins got his arms folded now, just... just I didn't want to interrupt you. I've got into a defensive, yeah. defensive, yeah. defensive yeah. position. Yeah. But the, the punchline yeah, of this, the punch of, this line is of the story is, is obviously, obviously Kelvin Fletcher and well, Obviously Kelvin Fletcher was there at the table, and I just sort of said, um, and you might have spotted this uh, this special guest we brought along with us this Kelvin afternoon. Fletcher. Andy Sugden from oh. Coronation Street. Everyone, put your hands together for Andy Sugden and the whole. Oh, uh, <laughs> I think I think you've used that one before, Will. I have used it. It got some traction in yeah, Manchester Airport and, and, and on a plane. And on a um, uh, sky uh, high. But yeah, so you know, and, and uh, they all came. The, a couple came know, over, didn't they? Was got it a few you pictures. mentioned that broadcasters were very close to being psychopaths. Correct. Um, a small a element of psychopathic behaviour there. But England had a good day then. It was a good day to be at the cricket, wasn't it? Well, it they, pissed they it down right, for the first it? two hours, didn't it? We got and our footings we, in, didn't we? We got a, yeah. made our foundations with a couple of beers and then couple of beers. went we, onto the balcony, watched a good few hours of cricket. Well, you say that, we wanted to, I, I, I wanted to build a snake. Are you aware of what a snake is? I know exactly what a beer snake is. Yeah, but what they've done now is they've now made the glasses, the plastic glasses, um, so that they just fit straight into each other, so you can't build a snake. You'd have to have so many glasses to build a snake. That's you know, how they usually do it, normally. No, no. They, they normally they normally fit at least so that it comes out, you know, four or five inches out the the other glass. Now they oh, fit right in. I don't know if it was. Well, we would, we would have been there for, for weeks trying to build a snake, well, what so I gave up. Was they kept taking our empty glass, plastic glasses off us because we dropped some uh, on the people sat below yeah, us. And that did not go down them, well. Covered them. Yeah, Paul Caddick, the owner of Leeds Rhinos and Yorkshire Cricket, came up 
from the balcony below mm. and gave us a right bollocking for spilling beer on everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that was he spoke to us like we're little naughty school children, didn't mm. he? Basically, they, everyone was disgusted with us because they'd never seen that sort of behaviour. Even Johnny Best, his sister said, you know, I've never, no one's ever stood up and made a speech in, this, in the long room before. Um, so, you know, we, yeah, there's certain like, protocol to follow at like, what I'd say protected sports events, Wimbledon, yeah. uh, Golf. a test match. Mm-hmm. Old school, traditional mm-hmm. rugby union as well. Golf, rugby union, booing mm-hmm. during conversions and penalties. There's, there's certain environments that rugby league players and broadcasters uh, abide by with a penchant for yeah. uh, illegitimate behaviour. Yeah. Shouldn't be. <laughs> and in the long room at Headingley, it sounds yeah. like that's one of those environments. Well, when, when Will I'd Perry with two beers down him in a formal setting yeah. can be a nightmare. Well, when I tapped the, the glass, similar to that. Uh, the, the, what made me laugh is that I could hear people in the background going, order, order, here, here, order. Somebody <laughs> in the back wants to make a speech. But they were dead silent, and they, you know, because they thought did, that, did what they, they thought was the announcement did, was that the play's going to start. Andy Sugden from uh, They absolutely did. He yeah, like, did it a second time. He said, um, there wasn't much uptake on the Andy Sugden selfies. We've also got uh, Man of Steel, Luke Gale here, yeah. and the brother of Sam Burgess, Luke brother. Burgess. Yeah. And then we got a couple of people wanting yeah, autographs themselves because of those two. Yeah. Brilliant. Luke Gale. I didn't get a mention. Did you not get no. one mention? I didn't, man. I didn't no. really want one. Likes to keep he a did. low profile, doesn't he? But Just no, Luke, Luke, Gale was, Luke, Luke Gale was with us, Man of Steel. Great lad, great hair, great hair. And that's really, it really like, I, I, I'll admit, I am obsessed by Luke Gale's hair simply because... You it's know, very straight at the front, isn't it? It is a little bit like someone's pubes are stuck on, but it's but it's but it's blossoming, it's flowering, and he was bald as a goose on somebody's head, just out of interest, because well, you seem to sound like you know what that looks like. Well, it looks like it Wayne looks Rooney. A bit looks like, like Wayne Rooney. Yeah, it's not. I can. I don't think implanted hair looks great. I think it, it's worked on him, Mark. Though, hasn't it? it? You know, he looks better now than he did when he was looked like the Archbishop of Sussex. Yeah. Don't care. Well, well obviously, don't ask a bald guy. Yeah, right, let's move on. Um, okay, I'll tell you what we're going to talk about firstly is <sighs> rugby league on the, the rug- front of the papers. On the front of all the papers. Not, not all the papers, well, well let's, let's some be of them, honest. Some of them. got a red top on them. It wasn't on the front of the Observer or the Times, I'll give you that, but it was on the front of the mirror. Yeah. Right? Rugby league on the front of the back. That can only be a good thing, surely. It's the but sec- no. second time I've seen uh, rugby league have so much publicity in the national press the first time was I think it was an amateur Great Britain team played in Australia and they were involved in a mass brawl yeah. and the headline was Thugby League Yeah, and it went uh, on to, to slate us and say how oh, shit we were and how much mm-hmm. oh, of a also, group of thugs we are when Sean Long and Martin Gleeson got, well, that, yeah, got banned cool. for betting on a game mm. and it was a genius front cover of a paper but it was uh I think it was busted it was the line and it was Sean Long answering his door and he's been mm. doorstepped by the Daily Mail and his face been it was just unbelievable. I think he went inside, rang Martin Gleeson and said, mate, Martin, I think we're in trouble here. <laughs> I told Gleeson to hide behind, hide behind his couch and not answer the door. <laughs> when, when, when you heard that brawl on the Good Friday game, yeah. was that on the front page of the papers? No, I mean, look, I, I think, look, this, we, we've talked about this actually in the podcast, haven't we, that... I don't think rugby league is doing itself any favours at the moment. And, and I think we're getting a lot of negative attention. And it's just how sad is it on the week of the Challenge Cup quarterfinals? The story that makes the papers is two of our players being drunk. Obviously, Joel and Sam Tompkins on the front yeah, page of the papers, not that, for the rugby. Like that sort of thing happens in every pub in, in, across the country. Does it? You know, quite, yeah, regular. Of course it does. Yeah. 
I think it does. Okay. So where's the? So we have discussed this, but you know we don't want to keep discussing it. But we're only keeping discussing it because the stories keep coming. So, so where where are the issues in this for you? Well. The issue is the profile of the guys. Joel and Sam are two very recognisable senior players in the game. Yeah. Joel, because he's played internationally rugby union and he's played for Saracens, I think that makes it more newsworthy for the national papers than, than anything. Mm. And obviously Sam, on, on the evidence of the video, is just kind of just there, isn't he? But well, he got, he got fined £1,000 per word, didn't he, Mark? Pretty much, yeah. I think yeah. he didn't say an awful lot and got, got uh, a five grand fine, which I've heard he's going to appeal. Uh, and then Joel's got a £10,000 fine and has been suspended from the club and, and all matches um, for four weeks. So it'll be interesting to see what comes of it. Um, there was, we, we discussed the Albert Kelly situation, didn't yeah. we, a few weeks ago? And Hull didn't really comment on that. I'm, I'm sure they would have been made aware of it. They didn't really comment on it because Albert Kelly probably behaved in a similar way to these two. Different situation, though. Because Joel Tompkins has had a number of injuries. He's playing off the bench, probably been paid very well. Sam's leaving yeah. the club. I think the club are in a position where they can react in a strong way because there's no fear of you know, what it might do to the mentality of those players going forward. The, the, the leaving or maybe on the way out of the club. Yeah. With Hull, they need Albert Kelly. And he just signed a two-year contract yeah. and he's, like, he's their best player. So this is where... Code of conduct and how people behave is very much dependent how the game reacts is to how much that player is wanted by a club. In 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 minus like what I would class as if nothing had have happened as a result of this video, in two or three days' time it would have just disappeared, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like Albert Kelly did. But we're gonna have been able to act in a strong manner because these two players well, Sam mainly is leaving. Mm. And that's that's kind of wrong, isn't it? That there should be a sort of consistent reaction to that across the board. Like, Hull should have probably reacted to the Albert Kelly thing, shouldn't they? Um, but they didn't. Yeah, but the, key, the key issue here, again, is... And, look, John, you've, you've defended a lot of these guys in the past. Not defend... No, you know, I don't, no, no, I don't no, 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 no. Defended, but no, that's not the right phrase. But in this situation, OK... I, I completely take your point, which you've made before, that we're becoming a society, we're becoming a generation of people who, oh, look, let's just wind someone up, put a phone, record them and get them in trouble. However, yes. it comes down to the fact that, all right, I've watched the whole video, it's four minutes long, it's, it's, it's not really that abusive and that offensive. They definitely shouldn't have been behaving like that. But they, you know, well, no, that's the point. They definitely shouldn't have been behaving like that and said those yeah. things, even though we don't know what happened before the camera got switched on and so on. Yeah. But you've got two senior players. You're all, everybody is accountable for their actions in life. Fact. Uh, it's just how the, you, the accountability comes around is that I find it funny that people in the public eye want a private life. People who, who have a private life want a public life. It's quite, it's quite funny. The people who filmed that and recorded that mm. wanted, want a public profile, and have, persona. And the people who are in the video, Joel and Sam, are in the wrong, like, completely. They probably want a private life. And I know Joel and Sam pretty well. I played, I, I, I'd regularly go for beers with, with Joel when I played at Wigan all those years ago. And, friends. And, friends. Ooh. And I know he doesn't, doesn't really like the limelight. He's a, he's a decent bloke. He's really out of character. So that doesn't so. represent him? But I don't think it does, no. no. But one thing I wanted to mention is um, John Bateman got banned or got suspended from the club for eight weeks, I think it was, last year, when he had an incident off the field that was... Um, that Wigan kept it well under wraps and I think there was an incident with one of his teammates and... Um, what do you think? 
Well, yeah, well, it was an incident with one of his yeah. teammates where they had a, a fight and something happened off the field. Um, and he got an eight-week ban and then came back and played for the club. Now, it'd be interesting to see what happens to Joel having had a four-week ban, whether or not any, any further action is taken, um, despite the fact that Bateman's probably one of Wigan's better players and is not as replaceable as probably Joel is, who is at probably towards the back end of his career. So, like, like John said, the... The timing of it and the situations behind it often yeah. dictate the response, don't yeah. they? And I think, like, flat, it's a great point, is that John Bateman, in a similar situation, probably got a lenient approach, whereas they'll use this as a stick to hit Joel with because, it, you know, of his stage of his career. Mm. Sam's leaving. What possible harm can it do? But I think there's a, there's a bigger thing that we need to talk about, and that is, I think we hold sports people out as being immaculate people. And actually, people in the public eye... There's an assumption there that everybody has to behave immaculately and does. Well, not immaculately. You can't put no, no, someone no, a C-bomb no, behind no, a bar, can you? Just, Go on. Let me get to the point. Is That is wrong. That's a misconception. That, that's not right, is it? That's not the right way to look at it. Is Just because you play a sport doesn't mean you aren't vulnerable in all ways in which humans are in everyday life. Yeah. Everyday life, people get things wrong, do the wrong thing have behavioural issues, drink too much, say the wrong thing, get into fracas, crash the car, abuse somebody. Every day, those things are happening. That's a human condition. So, I think there's a bit of a problem is that we assume people in the public eye are all perfect. And why do we do that? Because when they're not, it's a story. And so we've created a situation where this is a story. When it... It's just human behaviour. It's definitely it's a story, isn't it? It's wrong. Joel and Sam are in the wrong. Like, oh, Joel oh, particularly is in the wrong. Mm. But it's, a, it's actually just part of the human condition. So what we do now in society is we portray perfection. And we think that sports people and celebrities and broadcasters and everybody is going to behave perfectly. And why do we have that expectation? Is so that when it doesn't happen, mm. we've got something to bitch about and talk about. So how much are you guys role models? How much do you have to do you well, have to obey by being a role is model? Is Joel Tompkins a role model? Because one is dedicated 15, maybe 20 years of his life to train, to be fit, to be strong, to be dedicated, to be tough, to be resilient, to be from not uh, not from means and work really yeah, hard. Yeah, but you can blow that, you can blow that all up in half an hour like you might have done. Yeah, yeah, that's right, but. That's the example. And if we choose to use this as the example which Joel Tompkins is setting, then I think that's quite sad, isn't it? But it is what it is. No, but do you not accept that point that you can shit. do all that 20 well, years and you yeah, shit yeah. on your own doorstep? Shit sticks. On yeah. your own doorstep, it does, yeah. yeah. So shit sticks, unfortunately, it does. But, but, you, but, so, but you don't agree with that. Joel, Joel has set an example to people by how he's behaved mm. in the past and how he behaves as a rugby player, the way mm. in which he's got to the position he's in. But that can obviously be tarnished by things like this. And you've got to be conscious of it. Well, you know you know as much as me and Mark. It's not just me and Mark. You yourself have to be massively aware of how you are perceived mm. by the public. How is Will perceived by <laughs> the public? No, you have to behave in a certain way, don't mm. you? But when you're in the public eye, you subscribe. You should behave in a certain way. Yeah, you, you should. Yeah. But you, you should subscribe to almost the code of conduct. 
and, and it's scrutinized by society and our behavior is scrutinized by people. But what I'm saying is we're all imperfect. And everybody a, on this planet- And it's an unwritten rule as well, Everybody on this planet has a vice. Everybody yeah. on this planet is imperfect in some way. But the, one way but the other number. side to the argument is not everyone on this planet is playing for an elite club within an elite league at the highest level. Yeah, but that, that's great, isn't it? But pay the pittance to do it. Yeah, but that, that's irrelevant, isn't it? You don't, you don't need to be paid to be a no, role model. If you're a role model, you're a role model. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's kind of thrust upon you, though. It's not a choice. You, you don't think you have a choice, you, you, do you? Exactly, you don't have a choice. You have, you have the two come hand in hand, don't they? Yeah. You play rugby or play professional sport or broadcast. You've got to take all this yeah. pr- pressure, I suppose, is, is the word, to, to be an upstanding citizen for 24-7. And it is a sad situation. I agree with you, John, that we, you know, people can't go out because they're worried about being filmed no, and so no, on. No, but you, but, that's, uh, that's, no, but that, at the same... That's what I'm saying at all. I'm saying society's beliefs about sports people is wrong. Right. They think we're... In, I, I'm a, when I'm pissed, I'm a dick. I Correct. A dick. So, so you're not Correct. wary of being a role model when you're out? Yes, yes. I am. I am I'm quickly conscious forget. of my job as a role model, but everybody has lapses. Yeah. 24-7, Every weekend. Will, 24-7, Will, do you live the life of a squeaky clean, middle-class... Trust fund. Absolutely uh, not. Ex Harrow. I don't have a trust fund. Absolutely not. Broadcaster. You do have a trust fund. Do you? Don't. Uh, no, no, I, no, because I, I, I well, no, no, you don't. So, no, no, I but, don't. But, I, but I don't behave would, like that. No, I would never talk to someone like that. You on Match of the Day Five mm. or whatever it is, will look at you and go, "This guy is fortunate to do what he does. Will and must lead a squeaky clean." But I would, what I'm saying is, I wouldn't talk to someone like that. No. If I um, just because I couldn't get a drink behind the bar. No, we what, don't know what's happened well, before. Well, we don't know what happened before. It looks like that, doesn't it? You no, know. no, but what I'm saying is it's wrong. And like, what they've done is wrong. It's, they've, they've intimidated intimidated uh, a member of the bar team. Yeah. And they've gone behind the bar. For me, that was, the, that was bad. Yeah. Actually, the verbal stuff is just the sort of musings of a really... What is the rectum of Wigan? Where is the rectum of Wigan? Um, Standish. King it, Street, I think King's right at the top of King Street. Right in the, that's the, that's the yeah. epicentre of the rectum. Can any listeners point out where the rectum of Wigan is? Because we're not quite yeah. sure any. But the, 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 one, of the, one of the bar staff did say, you're not in Wigan, you're in Standish. So what's the, I don't know where, what's the Standish difference. Standish is a nice area of Wigan. Is yeah. it? So it's not, yeah. the, uh, it's not the rectum of Wigan where they were. But, well, the barmaid might not have been from Standish. Yeah. But a fella's coming. A fella's on the way. So. <laughs> well, he might have had his phone behind the bar on charge, you never know. Yeah. Well, there we go. But anyway, you think this might be a sort of deep... Let's move it on. Short, is it? It's not great. It's, yeah. It doesn't look good for the sport. Yeah. And it's on the front of the papers. Cynical by the newspapers, in my opinion. I don't well, think they're obviously going to report it. They're giving a video, aren't they? They're going to... They're, but they're do gonna we think that, that had an impact on, on Wigan's performance on Saturday? Because no. it was pretty comprehensive, the win by, by Warrington. My opinion, yeah. and that might be different to other people's, is it has nothing to do with how Wigan play. I, I honestly cannot see how that would affect your performance. But I, did, I didn't see the game because we were at the cricket. Yeah. Um, yeah Who did you go there with? On Warrington, right, this, it would be doing Warrington a disservice to say Wigan were that poor because of these outside influences. Yeah, because Warrington are, are, are obviously a class team. They've been great all year. I'm just trying to think, like, it was pretty uncharacteristic for Wigan to be so poor on the back of this story being in the press, Sean Wayne leaving and then... Apparently, the Wigan lads saying that they wanted to win the double, well, the Challenge Cup and the Super League for Wayne in his last season. I'm, I'm just plucking something out of out of thin air, perhaps that those two things might have, the Wayne leaving and, and this this bit of a scandal might have had an impact on their performance on the weekend. Yeah. I think I think more Sean Wayne than the Tompkins lads incident. Yeah. From all accounts, I think this has been dealt with in the past. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? This has come back around, hasn't it? It almost resurfaced. So for me, I'm not, I'm not sure. Maybe they've been waiting. The people who had the video have waited for a time and then dropped it. You know. Yeah, that's why. That's what I thought it might. And, be and well it timed. seemed an opportune time. In the, yeah. Just before the game. Yeah, it seemed like it that, that they've done that. And and look, I, I don't think it affected Wigan's performance. But interestingly, the transition of a coach out of an organisation, the timing of that, the length at which a coach is in a position, and all of that, I think is really interesting. Go on. So I think Sean Wayne leaving Wigan now. I think Lee Bradford and Jamie Peacock had a really interesting chat about leadership on the BBC coverage of the game. And they were saying, well, what's the ideal amount of time for a coach to be in a head coach's position? Mm. And obviously in rugby league, the head coach is, is genuinely a coaching role. It's not a management role. Maybe like football, where a manager could be around for 10 years and bring coaches in and they're just there as a figurehead to sign players. From all accounts, Sir Alex was a figurehead who signed players and organised things but didn't coach as much. He brought coaches in to refresh him. It's very different. So hold on, let me know. There isn't a recruitment process in a head coach's role. Well. Rugby league head coaches are on the training field every day delivering skill. Because you don't, you don't see as many... It's not a management role. You don't see as many movements in, with each team, I don't think, at the end, end of each season because there's not transfer fees really per se in rugby league. So I don't think teams fluctuate too much. So, yeah. for instance, we lost about three or four players and, and gained a couple of players in the off-season. Now, I think most football teams that have a squad of 40 players and you'd have eight to ten promoted from the from the academy and, and reserves most pre-seasons you'd have four or five maybe six seven players leave and, and same come in so I don't think there's much of an impact on coaches having to bring in new players it's more getting the best out of the lads that you've got at your disposal yeah. and, and coaching is, is more but, but, let me, but let me just ask because I'm prominent. just asking from, from the outside yeah. then that to me sounds like because obviously in football you have your windows so you know you have to operate within the windows if yeah. you operate outside the window you get in trouble it's called tapping up you get you know repercussions yeah. but in, in rugby league then surely as a head coach and the whole recruitment process you have to be cuter you have to be more clever in the sense that you know oh I've got there's an inclination that this guy's not happy here you actually have to do the hunting you know to, to recruit and you do your recruitment so far before the end of the season yeah but to counter that will it's a very small pool of players you're recruiting from so you have to be thorough and you have to be cute but ultimately there's only you know if you're looking for a back rower Let's say there's four back rows in every squad, five back rows in every squad around the world. Maybe there's a 60 back rows in the world yeah. of professional rugby. Mm. Yeah. Let's say mm-hmm. you need one. Well, there's 60. It's just one of 60. Not yeah. like football, where I think it's those numbers would be thousands and thousands. Well, I think the the real fundamental difference, and this is why I made the the the, the analogy to Sir Alex, is in rugby league management doesn't exist. You're not a football manager or rugby manager. You're not from an outsider looking in and, and people who are more involved in football may well call me out on this but Sir Alex's function at United was overriding things like culture team spirit the, 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 the morals of a group recruitment he was a figurehead he was a leader mm. but beneath him then was a tier of coaches what I'm saying is that management level in rugby league does not exist so you still, but it still encompasses all of that, doesn't it? The role. Uh, no, but your chief exec is miles more involved in yeah. recruitment, and, and your chairman, maybe the people who own the club, are involved in recruitment as well. So it, there's an element of it, will. But what I'm saying is, when you're removed from day-to-day coaching, I think longevity becomes easy. Arsene Wenger, yeah, it becomes easier to be at a club for 20 years, 25 years. 
and this is the point is what I was trying to make is that for Sean Wayne, who's been in a position for since 2012, I think it was six years. Six years. Is it, am I right he's saying he's day- the longest Super League serving coach apart from Brian McDermott? I'm not sure, but he's day to day on the training. Brian tra- McDermott. He's day to day on the training field, isn't he? Yeah. Day to day. Yeah. Right. And, and Jamie Peak going all the way back to what we started with, which I started with is. Mark's Jamie, modelling career. Jamie Peacock, no, Jamie Peacock and Lee Radford on the BBC coverage were saying, what's the ideal length of time to have a coaching position? It's not like football where 10 years, 20 years. He was saying every three to four years, you need to either refresh your coaching, your coach, change your coach, or change your team. To change the culture, so to keep the culture to high. A or I'd add to that, that, change your style of play. Yeah, well, I'm not necessarily agreeing with what they said. But yeah. What they said, in my mind, started thinking, well, what is the ideal amount of time? You've got to have an influence, right? You've got to arouse your players. So Sean Wayne has used what I would say is chest-beating tactics. Mm. He's a dominant coach. He he likes aggression and physicality and all that. Mm. And how long is it before that doesn't have its the effect? Do you know what I'm saying? If a coach is really trying to get you, like, ripping up tree stumps to go and kill somebody, For me, now as a 34-year-old, I wonder how long that would be before I start looking but, but, at it. But if you're thinking, winning, mate, but, I know, I but know. if you're getting to grand finals and winning Challenge Cups, it makes you can stay there as long as you want, can't you? Yeah, but that, that's this is the interesting thing with Wigan, isn't it? That Sean Wayne is leaving at a time when it was perceived that Wigan were going really well. Now, what a difference a couple of weeks makes. Because yeah. they were joint top of the league with us, yeah. flying. Everyone's massively surprised Sean Wayne's leaving. Mm. Now they're out the cup. And it's almost like vindicated the decision for Sean Wayne to move on. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Everyone's sort of gone, all oh, right, yeah, now we get it. He's probably, he's probably leaving while his stock's pretty high. Yeah. Um, obviously, as using a football analogy, Arsene Wenger stayed on for Arsenal probably for three or four seasons longer than he, than he should have done. Um, but Wayne's done everything he can do for Wigan, uh, and his stock's really high at the minute. Now he's got a lot of players probably moving on, like just Sam Tompkins, we're here in Bateman, could be going to Australia, Ryan Sutton. Um, there's a lot of players probably, a couple coming to the end of their careers, maybe Lou Luan or Lachlan. Maybe he's leaving while his stock's at his highest, and then he can get another job somewhere where... He's, he's, he's got high value, going to get a really good job, well paid, rather than staying on too long. And I think John makes a good point about um, how the changing, as a club changing the coach or changing the environment and the players because it's got to be fresh. And I think yeah. three or four years is, yeah. is probably a good amount of time. I, I will say this though, as coaches can sort of reinvigorate the system themselves, I think. Yeah. I think they can change the way they speak, change the way they conduct themselves, change structure, change... Simple things is changing your timings of training and there's environment, where you train, what you do. Yeah, exactly. There's loads of different ways. To that, that's interesting, I find, because as you guys said earlier, you know, the, the sort of turnover within rugby league clubs isn't as much as it is in footballists. You know, it's, it's harder to get players out of a club, to get players into a club, you know, every, every window or whatever, every off season. So on, on that subject, is there, does doubt set in? Um, when it comes to the credibility of what a coach is telling you, how a coach is, is coaching you, and does that become infectious within a squad? If a couple of people are like, do you know what, I'm not quite sure that this is the right way we should be going. A couple of senior players, does it, can that become yeah, infectious? That, that can be poison, actually, Mass- yeah. Massively, yeah. You can get players who, who have a big influence in a team that can be, that can be poisonous um, views on, on the coach, and I think that's why it's important. We say the word culture a lot in sport and in life and in business but I, I think it's it's massively important that the the, the, the figureheads and, and the and the leaders in a team have a bit of um, 
a bit of a sense of morality and a, and a conscience and, and, and they're on the same page as, as the coach and the club because if you've got players who who can be deaverish or have an opinion and stick to an opinion that might be different to others it can can spread within a, in a club and and it can be pretty poisonous yeah and negativity is like a virus in the mm. changing room like I think I played with maybe a handful of players who were, who were subconsciously I don't think it was a conscious decision but were negative and, and that, the negativity that, that came out of their mouths really rubs off on people impressionable people so younger players um, you often find these negative characters within your squad surround themselves with younger impressionable guys they don't hang around with the senior guys yeah they have like a little gang of posse of little sort of hapless simpletons following Cheap. them around. Yeah, and and, and but they might but they might have a bit of re- uh, they might have reason behind their their negativity. Yeah, but then there's, there's ways well, of doing might, that. Then. They might well do well, but in sport you control the controllables. Mm. Control what you can do. That's what you do. But, but they pay, but they, they might be able to control pay. getting the coach out of the club. They might be within yeah, their where power. Where is not to question that the club the club has to be dexterous enough to question the. You know the coach, and, and to to hold him to account as a player, that's not my job. My job is to play rugby, to subscribe to what the club's sort of ethos is, and to champion that at all times, and be a leader, and be passionate, and drive it. That's my job. My job's not to be divisive and have little chats back back. But you know, if you did, if you did chat. have an issue, or you did have an opinion that contradicted the coach, I think you, you like like myself would speak to the coach first and foremost and say, look, I, I don't think this is the right thing to do. And then you'd have a chat about it and then you'd either agree to disagree or agree to agree. And then you kind of, I'd, I'd back the coach because that's in yeah. the best interest of the team. You wouldn't go behind the back or you wouldn't go spouting off um, to the rest of the players and, and try and yeah. w- win the dressing room for yourself rather than lose it for the coach. Well, mm. that's ego, isn't it? So that's yeah. just ego, that, isn't it? Yeah. So for example, for me, I'll give you an example of the start of the season, Justin, Pulled me into a side room, sat me down and said, look, mate, we're having a chat about the captaincy and we think we're going to go with James Roby. Like, we spoke about this in the podcast. Mm. Now, that's just an honest conversation. You know, I was in- initially upset about it. Yep. But within the conversation, you, you get out all of those frustrations you need and that's good management by Justin. Mm. In that conversation, I told him exactly what I thought, he told me exactly what I, he thought. And then when you leave, you both understand each other's position and you accept it and it gives you an, a good position to move on. For me, and uh, bringing it back to Sean Wayne, if Sean Wayne's trying to deliver messages to Wigan and it's maybe not getting through, you've got a bit of resistance from senior players, there's not that communication. It's got to be really brutal, honest, open communication. If that's not happening, then that is the start of the end, isn't it? I'm not saying that is happening at Wigan. What I'm saying is that yeah. that's that, a danger. That, that, is fa- that is fascinating because how, and again, making the comparison to, to, to football, how damaged is your stock when you lose your job as a Super League manager? You know, for example, look at Dennis Betts, right? Dennis Betts been sacked by Widnes mid-season, bottom of the Super League. Um, you know, probably the Wakefield result at home didn't do him the, the world of favours. But to change a coach, he's been there for what since 2012, got them up into the top league. You know, he is the culture of that club, and to change well, it halfway through a season. Yeah, but this then it goes back to what we're saying: is what is the optimum amount of time for a coach to be in charge? Yeah. If you're in charge at Widnes, are you thinking, well? This Dennis has been sort of preaching the same philosophy. Has it got stale? Are the players not responding to him? Mm. What I'd be interested to find out is if we got somebody on who operates at a board level at a Super League club, what their take on it is. Are they mm. having a conversation? 
was there somebody at witness going, you know what, Dennis, he's been here a long time now, Dennis. Is he having the same effect on players? Because as an outsider looking in, I don't think pound for pound, many coaches have done a better job than Dennis no. in terms of getting the most out of what is an average sort of squad, really. Yeah. Compared to the top teams. Yeah. To the top so they're teams. obviously looking for that bounce back effect, aren't they? They're, gonna, they're, look, they're thinking, in right, we are heading for the championship unless we make a change now. We, they're, they're hoping for, in this final third of the season, get someone in, new ideas, freshen up, we stay in the league, job done. In, in football, short-termism like rules. And, and I think, when I look at football as an outsider, I look in and I think it subscribes to the most ludicrous emotional philosophies ever. Yeah. So sack a coach, get a, get a result. People like Sam Allardyce make a career off being renowned as coming in and getting fixed, getting wins. They sign a two-year keep... contract and then get paid off the second year and make an absolute fortune. Well because done. why? Because he gets teams playing well. Yeah. Does he? Does he? It, do, I does think he, he gets really teams get... surviving and then yeah. when they survive, they want a sexy coach to come in that's going to bring in no good-looking football yeah. and then they go, well, that doesn't really fit but the that, time, That's so. interesting in itself, isn't it? Because Justin, when he came to say simplified things, yeah. without knowing anything about football, what I'd suggest Sam Allardyce does and the reason he gets success and keeps teams up is when he comes in, he just simplifies everything. Yeah. Makes it dead simple. Basically, let's not concede and let's be hard That's to how they beat. stayed up because they didn't concede but then they weren't playing good football. Yeah, yeah, so then eventually you need to then invest in somebody who's going to make you do both. Yeah. And that's, 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 that is different, again, to rugby league, isn't it? Because we, we don't subscribe to short-termism. Now, Will, you mentioned Dennis being sacked mid-season. Mm. And for me, like clubs, rugby league clubs, don't usually subscribe to that as in they wouldn't... They're not going to do it for a response immediately. My feeling is there's been a really honest conversation between Dennis and the club's owners, and at that point, his position's become untenable. I don't think he's been sacked. I think there's been dialogue. Having spoken to Dennis, actually, at length when I covered uh, the Challenge Cup games with him, Dennis was really frustrated at the lack of resources he had. Mm. He said he's going to the board and asking for money for players, but then they got a crowd of 1,800 people for a Challenge Cup game against Leeds. 1,800. And he's saying, the board are looking at me and going, look, Dennis, we've got 1,800 fans coming to a game. We can't give you 200 grand to go and sign a, another Chris Naninu or yeah. we can't. And, and that's where I think the fracture in, in witness sort of showed up, is there, resources. Mm. Ultimately, Dennis needed more. He'd done fantastically well with not a lot, but he needed more uh, and he couldn't get it. And that's probably why they parted company. But for me, as a senior player, your job is to have a great relationship with your coach. And when you've got a great relationship with your coach, I'm not saying that isn't, there's no conflict. There's always conflict in life. Like mm. people who don't believe there's conflict between people are, stu are stupid. There's conflict, little bits of conflict between everyone in life. But ultimately, communication is the key to sorting out conflict. And I think it's face good, to face. It's good that you disagree with the head coach as well because it shows that um, a senior player isn't a yes man. And it shows that they're both willing to sacrifice, potentially sacrifice a relationship short term for the good of the club and give their opinion and, and disagree on stuff because nobody agrees on everything. I think it's good that a, a, co a head coach is open minded to not criticism but different ideas from either assistant coaches or senior players just to get the, the, the best outcome at the end of it. And I've had thoughts with, with Ian a few times and you always get on with it and, and back his decision yeah. at the end of the day. I think a head coach just wants you to have an opinion. Why? Because it shows you care. Uh, yeah. It shows you thinking about things. Yeah. Like, sometimes when, when you, 
you're having conversations about rugby. Like I think about the game a lot, and and and, and when you're having a conversation, those opinions are in, undoubtedly be different. And I think thinking about your profession and your craft is like one of the key things to having a long career, actually. Like really thinking about what you do. And I think having really honest conversations with a coach, the senior players having that conversations with a coach is key to not only the club's success, but the coach's longevity. And uh, Sean Wayne will move on. Wigan will be successful in the future, without doubt. Sean Wayne will be gone and be successful, but hopefully that gives a bit of insight into the reasons why coaches move on and then also maybe the time in which they should stay in situ. OK, whippets and flat caps, question time. Question time. Question time, question time, question time. It's a lovely little spot here in the boardroom. I've just been sort of looking around, you know, daydreaming. There's a guy, there's a guy just out, if we look through the arcade, very smart guy. He's got a kind of... He's got a, a hat on. A mild grey, yeah. Well, no, I'd say no, it's, it's more Panama. of a Panama. Panama. But like, oh, he yeah. looks like he's going to the cricket, doesn't he? He looks like he's in the box at Lord's, not Johnny Bairstow. He's got a double-breasted suit on this untied. Mar- it's a great, fantastic suit. But he looks like a character in a film. Yeah. We talked about Dukes to position yeah. about the boardroom and the bear he's keeping it real well, keeping it he, humble he, he might be the oh, board he, he, just he, likes he looks like he's chatting up a lady who might be called Janet at, at the at the bus stop Janet uh, Janet Gavin players go play look they've got fucking Latasca He's actually stood outside Latasca there, but and he's probably that bus stop is actually where the Which Way bus comes which takes you to places like Bolton Burnley, Burnley. Twistle <laughs> Rotten Storm. Rotten Storm. He looks very out. I mean, Cold. He, he looks. He looks very out of place. Mar- marvelous little um, briefcase, leather brown briefcase, matching his shoes and his belt. But anyway, it's question time. Yeah, no, but I no, think just he's, yeah, I'm worried about that guy. Yeah. The more I look at him, the more I'm worried about him. <laughs> it's a great spot, though. It's a great spot for people watching. Question time. Fuck you, David. Then we move over because we're in town. Captain Jibbers is up first. Jibbers. Jibbers. Where's he been, hey, Jibbers? Can you tell us where you've been, Jibbers? Again. Uh, yeah, where is Jibbers actually? But he does get back to us, but kind of a little bit later. Yeah. Of course, question time is for winning a. Uh, and I, by the way, I have checked this with um, Nick Bianchi because we we were with him this week, weren't we? Having a few drinks, and um, he has sort of reiterated. It is for ideally for Sunday lunch for four people, not sort of just lunch every day of the week. They're trying to really push Sunday lunch. Okay. So well, ideally, let's change it to Sunday, yeah, Sunday lunch. lunch. So you know, ideally Sunday lunch, that'd be great. Um, and we're still waiting for people to take pictures and um, you know tell us what you bought and how your lunch was. It's a fantastic gesture from the Bianchi. Family, Lovely gesture. So we really want people to make the most. Yes. So Jibbers, all three of you, he says, uh, have great chemistry with each other on the podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, but. Every group has a natural leader. Well, this is topical, isn't it, from what we were just talking about. Which one, which one of you would uh, you say is the driver of the group? And does everyone naturally follow the leader? John Wilkin? Um, I, I, think I think we all me, think yeah. we're the drivers, don't we? I think it's me, yeah. I think it's, I think me. it's me. So. Well, w- w- um, Wilco didn't really used to like you, Will, and I kind of... Did you not? No, no. What do you mean? At first, you didn't like him. No, and I said, come on, give him a second fair. chance. That's give him fair. a check. Give him chance. a second series, you <laughs> shit. <laughs> so give him a second chance. He's, no, he's, he's not great, but he's him. okay. I didn't and, know, Will, And then is the answer. But then when you got to know him, you said, I'm still not keen, he gets on my tits, and then I brought him in, and then I brought you in, and then... I didn't know you, Will. But you didn't like me? No, no, Mark was telling me how good you were. I was like, yeah, cool. Haven't seen it yet. I don't know him. Yeah, he hasn't proved it. So when did I prove it? It. So uh, if, if there's glue that holds us together, um, a tattoo, yeah, and then and obviously oh, you, you had some interesting views. 
right. I put you in a box, I think. Do you did know you? what I did when I first when we first met? I think when I had my social media, I think yeah. I looked at your social media and I judged you well. Yeah. And I judged you why? Because of you were training in a gym and there was a lot of pictures of mm. muscles and stuff. Things There's a bit less of that now, isn't it? Naturally offended me. Yeah. And I think when I looked, I judged you and that was wrong, and I'm sorry. Well, I accept oh. your apology. Um, I say exclusive. Is that sorry. is exclusive. Uh, monthly rugby podcast awards says, do you brush your teeth? This is a good question. Do you brush your, your teeth with hot or cold water? Cold. cold. See, see, I go hot. Really? Yeah. As really? in, you know, is yeah, that a thing? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, in my head, it kind of gets further into the teeth because it's hotter. You know, it has more of an effect on the on yeah, the. So, that's physics. So people do do that. You know, when you wipe your bottom, do you wipe frontwards or backwards? Um, that's a good question, actually. No, do you um, go backwards or from I, front? I, I, you, you go front. I go balls. You dirty man. You dirty. Swap horrible, all the way up. Horrible. I go balls horrible. to ass. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you go back. Backwards. That's yeah. back. Yeah, not if you're in a hole. Paul Wellens is a notorious uh, front wiper. Is he? And it's uh, led to some very uncomfortable situations. I do a bit of both sometimes. Yeah, mix it up. Why front? Um, Convenience. Convenience. Yeah. Monthly Rugby Podcast Awards has got a second question, actually. He says, uh, is a night out with the Tompkins brothers as heavy as it looks? Depends if you're in Standish or not. Wrecked him at Wigan. Mark, you you know them, you're the little bum chums. Um, Joel doesn't reach as a bit of a pub. Fella, he Who's the really loosest Tompkins? Because you, 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 you Logan, obviously cause you play with him. Yeah. We had our team social on Friday. And I think he had Great a couple of Diet Cokes and then buggered off home. Did he? He Good doesn't bloke. like anyone in the team. He just no, he does. I don't dogs. think he does he actually. Just likes dogs and birds. And I don't animals. think he does. Um, so the loosest uh, is the answer is the loosest Tompkins. Sam. Sam well, Tompkins. Yeah, the one he said about three words. Red Devils Apparel. Uh, is Origin hyped up too much, or do we? You don't like this question already, Mark? No, no, I forgot to bring the T-shirts that Red Devils Apparel made us. Oh right. The Whippets and Flat Caps exclusive. That was a lovely gesture, wasn't lovely it? Lovely gesture. Should have been wearing them today. We'll wear them we'll, next we'll week. We'll wear them next week. Yeah. It's not weird, John. It's a nice gesture. England or GB uh, need to beat them in a series to get them to take the international game more seriously. What's that? So, so he says, is, is Origin hyped up too much or do we, no. England or GB, need to beat them in a series to get them to take the international game more seriously? No. Is Origin hyped up? No. How can, we hype it up? How can you hype it up when 55% of people in Australia watch it? Imagine if 55% of people in this country watch the rugby league game. About 5% do, don't they? Is it, it if that? Is it five? Five? Two, mil, two million. Well, you did the math. Well, what's the population? Of what? Sixty-five mil. On BBC, when it's on the BBC, two million. Sixty million people in the country, roughly four percent. So less than five. Four percent. Yeah, pathetic. So when we get to fifty, is it hyped up? No, because fifty-five percent of people in the is country. Is that right? Watch it. Yes. Mm. Half the television, over half the television sets in Australia watch Origin. That is mental. We'll try and speak about Origin next week. Get a Get an Aussie guy on, speak about it, how big who, it is who, over there. Who are we going to get on? Don't know yet, I'll just open a little black book. Who's in It'll be a big one? name. Tom Dow says, uh, Wellens, Skullthorpe, Farrell, Snog, Marry, Avoid. Uh, avoid Paul Wellens. Yeah. Snog, Skullthorpe, with his big sexy hands, the big yeah. dirty bugger. He destroys. And then Marry oh, Farrell, because he's got the pockets of a shake. <laughs> did you? I know. Did you get any uh, contact on Farrell in that? that good no, fight? I was not me. I didn't. Fight you didn't hit him at all. No, no. Terry Newton just used my head like a pincushion. Mark, um, I would marry Paul Wellens. Yeah. Why? Because we'd just go out for beers all the time. 
Yeah. Um, I'd also kiss Scully. Oh, kiss Scully. Because just, yeah. Bit gay. Big, bit gay, but yeah, yeah I, I just, he's a handsome man. Yeah. And then I'd avoid Andy Farrell because I don't know him, so he <laughs> so probably... You wouldn't know you were avoiding him. No, no. Um, Paul Swift, former winner, I think, Paul Swift. Swift yeah. Have John or Mark or any players they know purposely underperformed to assist in getting a coach they don't like sack? These are all such topical questions, aren't they? No. No. That's no, possible. No one's you ever heard of it. Possible. No, because it, it, maybe it has happened in other sports, isn't it? Where, like, football, where footballers... Well, like, if, if you play poorly on purpose, you're going to get dropped whether the coach stays yeah. or not. So it's... Yeah, but not if you're a star, star player and they want well, to keep I'm you. Well, I've never been a star, star you, player. Yeah. Then, so let's ask John. Let's the ask coach John. has already gone, hasn't he? Mm. If you won't drop, you can play him back. So that's unheard of in rugby league, yeah? It just can't happen. I mean, it... I can't see it, you know. People play badly, but there's lots of reasons why. It's not usually to get the coach sacked. Have you eaten uh, more individual beans or chips in your life from Stuart May? Chips. I don't eat beans. I like beans, but I'd say chips. I don't eat beans. As in beans. I've had a lot of beans on toast in my time. Have you? Yeah. I've never had beans. We met a guy on Saturday, Kev, whose favourite meal was beans on toast. Yes. What Big if character. Gun to his head. Yeah. What do you want? Beans yeah. on toast. Jamaican guy, his mum used to cook like jerk chicken and all the, the delicacies from back home, invite his friends around and they'd all eat that and he'd have beans on toast in a corner. He's also got a phrase. In a when corner. He, in a corner on like his own. There's, there's a phrase Lovely associated beans. with Kev called um, gammon or snake. And he's got a, a tongue which I'd say, look, realistically, Mike's probably about half a foot long, his tongue. No. If you take it right back into the back of his throat. It's a long, long tongue, but yeah, he can do... It comes about four no, inches no. out of his mouth. Yeah. It's massive. You can do gammon or snake. So gammon comes out and it's as wide as it is Big long. And it's got like a trough that you could store water in. And it's huge, huge. Like it scares people who are out of the building. And then snake, you can curl it up and, and sort of stick it out. It's about four yeah. inches long, I'd say. Yeah. Mm. It's got its uses. Um, so, yeah, chips you're going for, chips you're going for. Right, Terry says... Uh, blah, 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 blah. One for Wilco. What was it like coming into a team with Cunningham, Long, and there's a lot of talk of Curry, Cunningham, Long, and Scholthorpe, aren't there? Um, and what did you learn from those players on the field that helped you improve your game? Also, sorry to ask a second question, John, but I've really enjoyed watching Johnny Lomax this season playing six. Obviously, he suffered a lot with injuries, and I was just wondering about his mentality to keep coming back from those, and how good do you think he can be if mentalist. he stays injury-free? Yeah, well, to address the first question, mm-hmm. um, it's intimidating. Walking into St. Helens in 2002 was intimidating. You know, you've got all these big, big guns, and they were big dogs. All the big characters within the game in one dressing room. Um, I think that brought its challenges actually, and ultimately was it having all of them big name players um, was a real challenge. It was tough. Coaching that team would would, would have been a you know an, an absolute nightmare. Um, yeah, I, I, I think... Um, You're getting emotional. No, no, I've just got a blocked up nose. Um, yeah, the, the, what did I learn from playing with them? I learned that um, effort trumps talent. And although they're very talented, I actually believe that all of those guys were, were, were the best effort players in the team. Especially Wello, Longy, Scully, Kieran. They, they always tried harder than everyone else. We, 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 Although we, they were talented. We should just point out that um, Luke Burgess has just appeared at the window. Um, is he the least, is, least famous of the Burgess? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Smallest, least favourite. Best looking probably. He's got a straw bag for life in his hand. A bag for life. life. Um, he's got a Tinder, Tinder app open on his phone. He's showing <laughs> us a girl. He doesn't. He's got a new girlfriend. He's showing us a girl. What? He's just swiped, 
He's liked he's her. Swiping, he's swiping, swiping, swiping. Now he's swipe, messaging swipe, her. Swipe. He's sliding into her DMs. He looks good though, doesn't he? Because actually, you've he, heard someone else say that, haven't you? He, he, he was um, he was at the cricket with us, Johnny Burstow's box. You might have heard the story. But uh, we on that day got his uh, Wikipedia up, and he looks like Screech from Saved by the Bell. Awful, dread, dreadful picture on on his own Wikipedia, which surely you'd have editorial control over if you know maybe a See, girl, I, I girl might Google Wikipedia you. more stairs, and I would have changed that a long time. See, I know a lot of people with your Wikipedia who change your height and your weight on a daily basis. They put you to sort of one meter. You know people. You know the people that do. Yeah, this. they're related to you. Yeah, and they change your height and then your weight, so they it's make you dad, look really. It? T- no, it's, it's your cousin. Um, but he does it every match day, so when people might be googling you, oh, is that Mark Flanagan? Oh, he's only he's only sort of four foot eight. Well, Johnny changes date of birth on his Wikipedia page. So he appeared uh, younger. Yeah, I did it once. Did it really once. No one so cares. then when he was negotiating a new contract, it said to him, I'm, man, I said, I'm not 31, I'm 26. Actually <laughs> 12. And he believed My fetus. Kevin Orty says, uh, would a top Super League team beat a top union team at Rugby Union? No. Oh. No. Just why? Why? Because it's, it's a different game. Right. Nor no, would they would, beat Chelsea would, at football. Would we beat Stephen Hendry at Stuka? No. no. Right. Um, Anthony Thewlis. Last week's winner, if I'm right in thinking. Yeah. Um, he says, if you were the CEO of a company, name one thing you would make compulsory in the office and one thing that you would ban in the office. Is there anything banned here? Dressed down Fridays, but like really dressed down, so it's like. You'd make that compulsory or ban it? Compulsory. Compulsory. Okay. Even, really even in PKB, you'd make people do that? Can't do it. No. We no. need to differentiate between staff and the customers. So. Okay. Make it compulsory to go out for a drink together. Daily. Okay. They're fun. Um, fun isn't it? Anthony also says, everyone has a good app idea. What's yours? Uh, the Good Bloke app. Would you like me to explain? Yes, I would. Uh, basically, the Good Bloke app simulates all the behaviours that you should portray as a gentleman and a good bloke, a good partner and a good friend. So in the Good Bloke app, this is how it works. You put in at the start your dates that you need to remember. Mum's birthday, wife's birthday, anniversary, Christmas, all these dates. We've spoken about this before, all haven't we? All these dates yeah. are logged. It syncs to your calendar in your phone. Mm. Do you not but, just have that in your calendar anyway? Yes, but this is the thing. The good bloke app auto-generates a text for you. Okay. Two days prior to your mum's birthday. Yeah. Say, mum, thinking of you, thinking of you, happy birthday in a couple of days. I think you can do that on the iPhone Looking anyway. Forward, but, yeah. Yes, but it, auto-gener- it all auto-generates it for you. Not only that, directly goes to Interflora, you get a notification, would you like to order the flowers for your mum's birthday? Yes, yeah. I bloody well would. Yeah. Would you like them delivering to the address which you have saved for your mum's address? Yeah. Yes, I would. Would you like this to be the message? Hi mum, love you lots. Love Mark. Kiss, kiss. Mm. Um, yes. And then basically, also on a night out, you can put it into night out mode. Yeah. Right, so you're out for a beer with the lads. This is, how it, this is how it started, wasn't it? This is. So you're out for the beer with the lads, it's tea time, and this is when you tell your first lie to your partner. You go, how's it going? You say something like, it's great, it's okay, it'd be better if you were here, wish you were here, but we're having an all right time. Reality is, you've got your underpants on your head and you're down in pints <laughs> in, in, in a dentist chair. Yeah. Right, and then eight o'clock, so you're starting to get a bit drunk. You're a little bit starting drunk. Starting to, because you, bit, you little, were sober when you got the dentist chair with the underpants on your head. A little bit skew with. Sends another text to say, hey, darling, thinking of you. Still Night's thinking of you. It's going really well. We're getting a bit carried away, but all's good. Anyway, half 10, 11. Hey, babe, just letting you know, uh, things have got a little out of hand. Might be home late, don't wait up. Uh, then that's Love when you. Mrs. goes to bed. Love you. 
and then what you do is you, you send another message saying, just arrived home, it's 12, quarter past 12. Uh, it's actually 5 a.m. <laughs> I like it. Very the good. Good it's got legs. App, I'm joking, obviously. But no, no, the, it's got you're not. The, the app, the good bloke app. Remember all your families and important people's dates. Makes you a better Put bloke. Put in a phone. It also generates the responses, makes you a better friend. A better bloke. Well, you don't check your phone very often anyway, so is, it, is, this, is this like an excuse so you don't have to use your phone at all? Yeah. You just have it have you got powered on, with but you just do not disturb. Yeah, yeah. you got issues with using your phone or answering like your phone? That, I, I think phones are the... The, the, the mod- devil. They are <laughs> you nearly the said the devil. ...of modern, the modern world. Yeah. You're obsessed with your phone. Me? You, yes. You. How do you know that? You're obsessed with your phone. Why? We take, let me have it. Let me take it home and I'll bring it back to you. Well, Friday. I'm going to Mallorca in about an hour. That's fine. Well, just come go to On a big boat. It. Go to Mallorca without your phone, Well, No. Next question. Uh, do, you, do you want to do the app one, by the way? I can't beat that. No, can't beat We've that. discussed okay. that before, so that's we have, input yeah. from both of us. Curtis Graham, was Sunday's dive by Hull FC winger uh, against Morgan the worst attempt either that you've seen to try and get somebody carded? Do you remember when he it? Run it uh, Ryan Morgan ran him off the ball for the kick. When oh, there was loads going on. Mate, was loads. Me, Ray Morgan was, was crap there running him off the ball. He made it had, so obvious. I know, but we had we had a conversation about this the other week. Rugby league is pathetic at the moment. Yeah. Pathetic. pathetic. Carlos Tumavavi stayed down, holding his deck, trying to get one of our lads Simbin for nothing. Yeah. Johnny Lomax did the same the other way. Everyone's at it. Just pull your fucking heads in. Johnny fucking Lomax got hit pretty hard, to be fair. Yeah, he did. But he didn't make a meal of it. What I'm saying is, if you stay down now, it gets scrutinised. Jamie Peacock said exactly the same thing, by the way. Is you, that yeah, you were going he tweeted, didn't he? Fucking said it was... embarrassing. The game's an embarrassment. But you know what? This is the thing as well. Like I said, we got on our high horse rugby league. We've got our guys on the front page of the mirror being dicks. We've got players carrying on on the field like the fucking Cristiano Ronaldo like where's the games is shambles this is shambles mm. okay exclusive again Kevin Archer Kevin Archer uh, after Wilkins recent facial injuries which I must say John you've recovered from remarkably well was my He's point looking okay isn't he yeah you, you, you do heal very quickly uh, but after those recent facial injuries will he ever regain his good looks or is he destined to see out the rest of his days looking like a disfigured Benny Westwood being a 3 out of 10 at best is that Benny Westwood being a 3 out of 10 <laughs> yeah oh, dis- that's a disfigured Benny Westwood um, so that's that's Kevin's first question his second question is why do teams avoid playing towards injured opposition players when a player is struggling to get back in line it seems to make sense to target him you don't apart from Dirty Wigan never seem to do this teams never seem to do it they don't I'd do it if I saw someone struggling I'd run at him yeah yeah no you do if you want to win yeah and then what about you think you'll get back to your dizzy heights what are you out of 10 I don't know what are you out of 10 what was your peak year a lot of girls do like you a lot of girls say to me like oh is John I love who you are a lot of girls say to me is John John single in fact a girl who shall remain nameless Hayley McQueen from Sky Sports News um, before she got with her boyfriend was like can you you know John don't you is there any chance has he sent flirty texts to Michelle Keegan though no. Mm. no, a lot of girls do like you. I think, I think a lot of girls would say you're 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 an eight or a nine. So I'm, I'm not. I don't give a shit. But you just said you think you're getting better with edge. No, I am. I think but you're not going to put a number on it. No, I'm not putting a number on it. I, I think I, I think the good thing about being a man is generally we age better than women yeah. do. What would you rate yourself out of ten? Because I know you, you you've you've done this before. You've looked in the mirror, shirt on, shirt off. Tensing and well, thought, ooh, I'm a nine. I mean, at the moment, I'm probably down at a sort of seven and a half. But you know, give me a few, give me, give me time to get back. I'll be back to a nine. You rate you, yourself more than beard, that. Whip the beard off. 
Take it off. Yeah, I think whip it off. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Go you look you're going on holiday as well, so you'll get a brown at, face. I was looking at pictures of you and also looking at pictures of the fridge. <laughs> um, so if you Google image search Will Perry, the particular interest, the third image along where you're on the BBC News. So look. Um, oh, Jesus. What is that set up? It looks a bit like oh, awful kit. a character kit, of isn't Lord it? of the Dread. Rings. He's got, a, he's got a navy suit on with a blue That's shirt with white that collar is awful. and a pink that tie. That is such a I'm in London working city banker. That's an awful... Banker. Awful. What a banker. What a wanker. Yeah. Um, OK, uh, Neil says, Rectum of Wigan, is Joel done for? We've, we've had that, but is he done for? I hope he's not. No. I don't think he will be either, to be honest. Um, Adam uh, says, this is Adam Ebry, says, would either John or Mark ever sign for London Broncos and also open a PKB branch in London? Uh, Ooh, would I sign for London Broncos? You'd sign for anyone, the, wouldn't you? The, if, yeah, the, I mean, I'd play for London, yeah, gosh. Yeah, you, you would, would wouldn't you? Yeah, would yeah. you? You'd fun, So that. they come offering, you'd play for London yeah, I think next I, season, you're out of contract. Yeah, I think look, having a team in London's really good for the game. Yeah. I think I think we've got a team in Toronto now. We need a London team, yeah. for real. Yeah, about what we're doing. Um, so interesting. Just I know this is a bit of a segue. I was in Starbucks this morning, and why? Yeah, uh, well, I went there. To on, use the, I went there to use their Wi-Fi. Very powerful Wi-Fi. Yeah. Very powerful Wi-Fi. I went yeah. in there. We got the laptop out first thing this morning. I was just just mucking around, whatever. And um, in there, was, mucking around on porn, whatever. Yeah, just that'd be weird, wouldn't it? Watching pornography. And, Starbucks. Found a nice little Somebody's dirty probably done it, haven't they? Yeah. Someone's Will's definitely probably done watching it. it on his phone as we speak. Have you ever watched porn in a public toilet? Um, no. No. <laughs> um, anyway, there's a, a regional development officer for the RFU in there. Right. Right. Got, Arnie. No. Oh, no. Uh, I got, got chatting to him. Right. He said um, he's now one of 77 regional development officers. In the car park was a Mitsubishi wagon, rugby union branding all over it. He had balls, cones, you know, all the, all the stuff in his car. He was just ready to go. And he, anyway, he had his laptop open. He had 20 schools in the area. And then he had a contact, and then he had what contacts he'd had with them, and then he had what he'd delivered to each of the schools, and then he had interested kids, and then he had local clubs, and he was linking it all together. And I was like, mate, wow, that's like, it was impressive stuff to look at. I was Mm -hmm. like, whoa, that's insane. I was like, mate, has Rugby League got a similar structure development-wise? He went, no, there's three development officers in the entire... Three? Three. And and I don't know if that's, you know, people may well call me out. Might be four. No. It'd be interesting. It's not 77, is it? Yeah. Not not 77 development officers whose sole remit is to promote the sport of rugby union in the community. Mm. Like, that is fully integrated growth of a sport. And it gets to do it because of England, no doubt, and the money-making that England rugby union does. But as a game, rugby league, we need to invest in that. Yeah. We can't, in a town like St Helens, be having rugby union cars parts in the car parks driving around preaching to the kids how good rugby union is that should be rugby league yeah Rob Elston Rob Elston are you listening Uh, let's rattle through because I've got a flight to catch you're going to make me late so Steve says John what was uh, Steve Mellon says John what was the squad reaction to the Fielden versus Mason incident in 2006 Fielden seemed pretty invincible up until then were there any plans to exact revenge twat him on On the dirty get on on Stuart Fielden the dirty get or, or Willie Mason. Willie Mason, I think. No, um, yeah, no, there was no plans to revenge. What was the squad reaction? Funny, we laughed. Because Stuart Fielding was one of those guys who was, he'd just do um, 
Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes all day. Yes, he would. So training all day, and you're on tour for six weeks. And for full six weeks, he did com- quotes from command- the film Commando for six weeks solid. So I think when he got knocked out by Willie Mason, I think everyone breathed a sigh of relief. It was funny though. We were on a bus traveling to Brookvale. Is that the Manly Ground? Manly's Ground. Brookvale yeah. Oval, and we were driving past the school. Stuart Fielding was in, in the window and the bus pulled up alongside this school and in the playground two kids got together and everyone gathered round them and one of them pretended to be Willie Mason and the other one pretended to be Stuart Fielding. And they reenacted the scene. Crumpled, and then they were all like that way, flicking bees <laughs> to the bus. That was genius. Ben Cartwright says, uh, what sport is best played drunk? Pool. Darts. Paul Darts. What are you saying? He's going to do better. He's going to have to do better than that, isn't he, to, to win the question, lunch well? at uh, Riggy Bianchi. Ben Cartwright of M3 Perform fame owns a gym underneath the Ainsco Hotel. Awful name. Uh, <laughs> well, that's probably libelous. But uh, do you want to say anything? You mentioned else? him a few times now. Are you trying to get? Do you he's, get a fr- he's a friend of. Well, he's a good block. Bloody we're, good block. We're all friends, aren't we? He likes music gym as well. Um, I'm going to say, what well, sport is best played drunk? It'd be interesting playing rugby league drunk, wouldn't it? Kabaddi. Kabaddi. <laughs> Essentially tick, isn't it? <laughs> Howard Mayers, what can we introduce to prevent players impending the ruck? Every game seems to be players not rolling away at the PTB. Penalise it. Another referee like they're in Australia. Well, that's keeps what he's an eye on the, what he's getting at. Keeps he an eye on the rook. He wants us to say another referee. Another referee? It's not going to work. No, you're not going we down the road. We can't have another referee. We'll see we struggle with the ones we've got. We can't, where are we just going to magic 10 referees from? Steve Wood, uh, Steve WO3157653 is back and have he's we just got like nine listeners <laughs> we have haven't we most nine people downloaded two and a half times Steve, Steve Wood says who is currently the best sports person on the planet Roger Federer LeBron James hmm. interesting uh, Alan just Alan says why do rugby league play nines and rugby union play sevens don't do know more players what Gar- do you mean what do you mean what? Uh, why, why, why? As in, are we asking why? Why do rugby league play nines and rugby union play sevens? Because it's a smaller condensed version of the game. It's quicker. Okay. Or are we asking for why the difference between no, there's, seven there's, and there's, nine? There's, there's half the players play sevens and play fifteens, and then there's two thirds play or three quarters play nines and thirteens. There's not as much a big difference from yeah. nine to thirteen. There is seven to fifteen. Don't know. Don't know. Send your uh, answers in if you know it. Gareth Dean, uh, Gareth was going to brush past yours because we had that question a lot. Magic weekend in New York, would it work? What could possibly go wrong? Do you want to reenact my stag do? Would be great. Yes. Mm. What could go wrong? Um, Nobody turned up. <laughs> or all the New York Jets fans turned up and just had the tailgate party <laughs> and just shouted, like stood up on the chair and shouting really weird things. Like J E T S. Jets, 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 Jets. Kay Prescott, watching John play in the cup match on Sunday reminded me of the bandaged nose in the final. Is there an amount of bandages or strapping where you would say, I'll stay off, thanks? I don't like strapping actually. Like a mummy. Until you mummify. Tutankhamun. Who's the most strapped player in the league? Tony Club. He is quite well strapped. He's insane. Both elbows, a knee. He's just like try, running around trying to biff everyone against Warrington, looking really tired. <laughs> Paul Ellie, when are we going to play the same rules, International Super League and NRL? Don't know. When, when, what do you mean? When they've all got on parity? 
there's no parity, so the Super League's got no pull because the NRL runs the world of rugby. So why would they let the Super League influence the rules? Jonathan Glover, uh, which of your current teammates are most under the thumb and for good reason because they're an absolute menace when they're pissed? Um, uh, he doesn't play with us anymore, but Gareth O'Brien gets dominated by his misses. Mm. Uh, Toronto went to the Toronto team went to Toronto for the first time about three or four weeks ago um, for the first time of the season all the players went and one partner went and that was Gazi's missus so during the week over there they'd go to basketball games and it was all the team the coaches and Gazi's missus and then I just don't think he's allowed out or do his own thing which is a bit weird and sad Maybe. Maybe just happy. Maybe he could really be happy, likes, but maybe he really likes I like it. to keep my missus at arm's length when I've got a team function. Oh, interesting. Go on. And Sophie, Tell you know that as well, so back off. Gosh. Um, I think we've got one more question here, and this one is from... Let me just get this up here. Not my cock, my uh, questions. Uh, one second. Spare with us. Spare with us. Let's hold the line. We need some lift music there, maybe in the background. Have you still got that thing? Have you still got that secret calculator thing that stores all your pictures? Correct. Not my penis. Just. What do you mean? Well, you had that thing you showed me. Photo vault. You've got photo vault. Secret calculator that you type a code and then it saves all your rude pictures. Yeah. Photo vault. So if anybody can hack photo vault, please do it to Will Perry. Yeah. This question here is from. Uh, Dave in Bolton, who says, uh, would you rather play when it's minus two or plus 32, hot balls or cold balls? Mm. Hot oh. balls are always bigger than cold balls. Why does that matter, though? Oh, no, There's nothing more satisfying than a, a pair of hot balls. I'd go hot in balls. And around your person. Hot balls? I'd rather... But you played in hot... With hot balls, it depends. There's a caveat to this. I'd rather play in the hot weather if it was minus two and wet. Mm. I'd rather play minus two if it was dry. It would be dry because it's frozen. Inevitably, it's two. Why is it minus two? Two Minus two. Minus two. No, I'd rather play plus. Plus. Plus that. I'd rather play in Townsville than Toronto. Have we got a winner this week? Question time. Who is going to Origi Bianchi in Macclesfield for Sunday lunch for four? I quite liked Dave from Bolton at 10 there. Dave yeah. from Bolton. Dave from Bolton. We're sending Dave from Bolton to Origi Bianchi for Sunday lunch. Well done, Dave. Well done, Well Dave. done, Dave. Congratulations. Uh, Whippets and flat cap Simbin. What's going in the Simbin this week? Mark Flanagan. The rectum of Wigan. Who? Whoever it was who? that Joel was talking to, who we called the rectum of Wigan. Oh, that... you, you can go in the Simbin yeah. for uh, setting up a player, recording it and probably selling it's and making money from it. I don't like the cut of your jib. Careful, because the fella's on the way. Well, he knows where I am. <laughs> he does. The boardroom uh, at Pot Kettle by Manchester Barton. Yeah, available for uh, renting out if anyone's interested. John. Small talk with drug testers. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. That's now. good, yeah. Because uh, I got drug tested after the Challenge Cup game. And there's this compulsion for to have small talk with you, try and instigate small talk with you. And it's sort of, they're trying to disarm you. It's, it's a process, you don't want to be doing it. I'm not exactly sure they want to be there either. And they try and disarm you with chat. So I've got my phallus out in my hand. Mm -hmm. I've got my, you pull your shorts now, down below your knees, and then you have to hold your top up and hold it with your chin so that they can see your full torso, your full groin and upper thigh. 
So there's no way that you can use a rubber appendage Which like might, Maradona did. Ma- Maradona and Mike Tyson used to use a yep. fake penis and put fake urine in it and then piss well, into it for on, on, on the, I can contribute to this topic before we hear more of John's story yep. because at Harrow School, which is obviously where everyone knows where I went to school, they used to drugs test you, right? They were yep. looking for obviously a bit of, bit of cannabis or whatever. So if, you were, so, so, so if you were caught in the bushes, you know, smoking Doing something what? which smelt oh. a bit like weed you would be straight into obviously this never happened to me but obviously you'd be straight into the uh, to the medical centre and you'd be drugs tested right medical but obviously school. it caught on and, and if you were caught you'd be depending on you know the level of it you'd be suspended or expelled if, if obviously it was something like cocaine or anything like that you'd be out but if it was weed you know, you'd be suspended for, for a term it's quite yeah, serious it's like you know all the punishment so but, but and I certainly know how to get away with it because that is what people used to do regularly get a condom fill it up with the choir boys piss or the guy from the library and um, they would watch you, you know, from a certain distance. They're not going to watch you full cock, but they're going to watch you kind of pissing into it, and you just put a little pin and just squeeze it out. But there was a story uh, where someone called Sam uh, was doing it, and he put the pin in, and it just exploded all over the walls. <laughs> and then since then, they just... It doesn't usually happen like this, <laughs> I can assure you. So he's trying to wipe it down and squeeze it into the, uh, the, the, the little pot. But they knew what was going on, and then they watched everyone's cocks from there on in. Well... The drug tested to me was, uh, so I've got my bits in my hand, I'm I'm trying to weigh in this pot, and it's after a game, so you're not exactly inclined to go to the toilet, but anyway, I felt like I could go, started started to weigh in, just as I started to, to, the urine started to flow, the guy was like, sort of semi-crouched, sort of leaning in towards my crotch area, just looking, having a good look, and he looked up at me, and he was like, bloody warm out there today wasn't it <laughs> and I was like mate come on what do, you, what do you want from me look just please leave me alone don't talk to me do not talk to me right now I, I was focusing all my effort on weeing I find it I get stage fright in that situation quite a lot do you know what I do to get over stage fright do you know when you walk into an, a pub or a club that's got music on mm. and you go to the toilet mm. And when you're in the toilet, you can hear a muffled... It's the music, but it's muffled. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's background music. It's muffled slightly. Do you muffle them out? Well, I just... I listen to muffled music, and it makes me weep. That is very weird. That is weird. Yeah. Yeah. If you said music, I would have understood. No, it's like muffled, music. like, toilet Muffle. bar music. Always. I mean, the Imperial and St. Helens. Yeah, yeah. That is it for episode 19 of Whippets and Flat Caps. I'm not here next week. Don't know what you two idiots are going to do. Make it good. Follow us on Twitter, at Whippets RL, and download and subscribe now. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.